You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here and pinch hitting for Ian Brown this week on the podcast. It's Jim Duquette. And, Duke, thanks a lot for joining us. Ian, taking a break, getting his rest in before spring training. So thanks for picking up the slack. (laughs) Always good to pick up uh, for Ian. And he has the deserved time off before things get a little hectic uh, down there in Fort Myers for the Red Sox and him. Yeah, he'll be heading down to JetBlue Park before we know it. All right, so we've been going around the the roster, basically, position by position, and you step in for the starting rotation, which is an exciting spot to talk about as far as this Red Sox team goes. And it's a team that it's kind of a three-headed monster, monster there at the top of the rotation. We might as well start with the new guy, Chris Sale. Obviously, the big trade in the offseason. The Red Sox gave up a lot to get him. They bring in Chris Sale. Now, a year ago, we saw David Price struggle a little bit, at least early on and then off and on throughout the season. There's a lot to get used to when you join the Red Sox. How do you expect Chris Sale to adapt? You know, I think with Sale, it's, in, it's um, interesting because yeah, he's pitched in a big market in Chicago. There's no doubt. Uh, the competitiveness, you know, is there. Uh, and that's the same thing with David Price. I think there's always a little bit of getting used to. I think that wall over your left, sh- over I guess his right shoulder uh, when he's standing on the mound is uh, a lot closer than you think. Uh, but I think overall, there's a little bit of pressure there. But there's also I think the feeling that uh, you've got the Cy Young, uh, reigning Cy Young Award winner in Porcello there on your staff, and David Price, the big money guy. Like he should, I think it's with Sale, it's a matter of, hey, I, I just need to fit in here. It takes a little bit of pressure off, I, I would think. Um, and I actually think it creates a little internal uh, competition with that, with that uh, top three. So I think that he's going to get off to a really good stuff, uh, uh, start. I think the fact that his stuff is so dominant, he still has that strikeout pitch, that breaking ball. Uh, that's what I think is maybe a little bit more different, uh, let's say a little different than David Price had. You know, Price's stuff. You know, it's it's. I wouldn't say taking a big step back, but it has taken a little bit of a step back. He's not quite the strikeout guy before, but Sale Sale certainly still is. Sale's never pitched in the postseason, and obviously, uh, everyone in New England expects him to in 2017. But that's gotta. He's just gonna be on a high right now, and he's got to be arriving at spring training with just an extra amount of energy, knowing that hey, for the first time in a while can realistically think that this team's going to contend. Yeah, I think, you know, and he even said that. He was, he was amazed when he showed up uh, for the Red Sox Fan Fest and, and how welcoming the fan base was. And that's always temporary, you know, if, you know a couple struggles out of the gate, and then they would, you know, we know that fan base can change. But at, you know, it's hard-pressed to find a more supportive uh, group. And really, I mean, if you look at this team in particular, he was really that final piece that you feel like uh, gets them – you know, over the top. It's a team that you know already got to that postseason, won the tough American League East the year before. So I, I think from that side of it, the transition should be good. And and you know, as you mentioned, you know, when you're joining a team uh, that's expected to win, there are there are certain expectations, certain pressures there. But I think it's shared with with a lot of that group that's um, that's already been there. Yeah, and of, of course, the other two guys, you mentioned Porcello and Price, they've actually won Cy Young Awards. Chris Sale hasn't, although it seems like every single year he's in the discussion. Uh, Porcello, the reigning AL Cy Young winner, 22-4 and four last year, but people that are uh, on the kill-the-win bandwagon would say he got an awful lot of run support. So when you look at Porcello and what he did a year ago, 
Can we assume that there might be a little bit of regression in 2017? Yeah, I think it's fair, uh, Tim. I, I really do that. You know, maybe there is a little bit of regression. It's it was hard to pitch at that level, uh, but I feel also that Porcello, uh, you know, he's gotten better, you know, each each year. And as long as he doesn't try to come in and top what he did uh, this past year, which is again it's hard to top. As long as he doesn't try that, I think he'll be he'll be uh, he'll be fine. I think he's always been a guy that you know has gotten the ground ball. But what he did last year was he he realized that there was outs up in the strike zone, and that plays from year to year when you're not as predictable. So uh, with the success that he had last year, I think he also learned and grew as a pitcher, and I expect him to be able to take that and and really incorporate it into his game again this year. David Price won 17 games in 2016, but I think the number that stands out more maybe for Red Sox fans is that he lost nine games in the regular season. Uh, On this podcast a year ago, I remember talking to Ian Brown and him saying he thought David Price would get off to a slow start and struggle early on simply because of the contract, because of the adjustments to Boston and what guys have to go through. Um, but he said then that he thought Price over the length of, you know, year two, year three, year four of this deal would be great. Do you agree with that? Do you think David Price, we'll see a different David Price in 2017 than we did last year? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, again, that you know, some of the pressure of the big contract, you've seen plenty of guys, uh, you know, come in and, and feel that and, and take that on. If you look at, you know, what he did over the first half, it was a real struggle overall, his numbers uh, in April, May, June, there wasn't one month where his ERA was under four, and you know in April it was over almost almost six. So you know as he got to July and August, you started to see a better David Price. Uh, you saw you know in September a little bit of a step back, but he did win four games. So I feel like the last kind of two in, or two out of the last three months, he was able to build momentum, get back to what made him successful, and I think those are things that he'll build on for this year. All right, so there's your big three, and a lot is obviously expected of those guys uh, as far as innings, as far as wins, and in just leading this team. The last two spots open on the rotation are just that. I think they're open heading into spring training. We can kind of handicap the favorites, but you have Stephen Wright, who was an all-star in 2016, and really when David Price was struggling early in the season, kind of carried the way for this Red Sox team along with Porcello, led the American League with four complete games. You have Drew Pomerantz, who is also an all-star, although in the National League with the Padres, and he struggled a bit with the Red Sox once he came over at the trade deadline. And then you have Eduardo Rodriguez, who after a tremendous 2015 at just 22 years old, had the knee injury in spring training a year ago and kind of struggled through 2016. So those are your three guys. Duke, is there a favorite in that group? To uh, to be, I guess the fourth starter we'll call it. I mean, two of these guys are going to be in the rotation. Two are going to be in the rotation. I think part of this is also, uh, I talked to John Farrell today. He said, you know, past experience out of the bullpen is going to also uh, be a factor in this. And so you look at it. Uh, you know, Pomerantz has pitched out of the pen, right? Uh, as a little bit. Eduardo Rodriguez doesn't hasn't much, but he also has options. Uh, his stuff, by the way, Rodriguez's stuff on any given night by, might be uh, as good as anybody's on the staff. You know, it's funny how this is going to play out. You know, do you want to go with four left-handed pitchers uh, in your rotation and have Stephen Wright coming out of the pen? You know, sometimes the balance of your starting rotation uh, plays into this decision as well. So 
I don't know if there's any real front runners. You know, it's hard to say the All Stars that were there last year wouldn't make it. But then, you know, again, he, uh, Rodriguez has got the big arm, so uh, he played it pretty coy. I think the Red Sox, you know, have an idea of you know who that next guy would be. I wouldn't be surprised if Stephen Wright was the leader for the fourth spot, and then the number five spot. Uh, you know, he's kind of up in the air between Pomerantz and Rodriguez. You mentioned the bullpen factor, and I mean, you with Wright. You don't always want a, a uh, knuckleballer coming out of the bullpen either. Right. I mean, that, no. that's a, we saw that with, uh, although to mix Wakefield's the, I, done it before, right? Yeah. It's, it's not ideal, that is for sure. But, it, you know, it's also one of those where, you know, they, they can also eat up innings if you need it and help save your bullpen too. So I, that's why I also feel kind of along the lines where maybe you were headed, which was right, you know, in the, bull, in the, uh, in the rotation as well. Again, to have that another right-hander, and he's different. That kind of makeup of the staff. When you have a knuckleballer, it really uh, gives you an advantage. It, it changes the look of your starting rotation. So again, right sounded like he was doing well health-wise. I wouldn't be surprised if he has the inside track. Yeah, and a lot of the negatives as far as Pomerantz goes a year ago was was innings because yes, he struggled with the Red Sox, but when he came over in the trade, I believe he had already pitched more innings than he ever had in his career up to that point. And then he obviously went way over that the rest of the season. Um, on the other hand of that, other side of that argument is that he went from Petco Park in the National League West to Fenway Park in the American League East, and there's obviously a change there as well. So spring training, I think, really big for Drew Pomerantz. Um, you mentioned you talked to John Farrell, and, and he probably had some thoughts on this as well, uh, Duke. But when you think about Red Sox spring training 2017 as opposed to 2016, there's going to be differences. Obviously, there's new faces, but I think is the biggest difference not having David Ortiz there. I think that's the biggest difference. I, you know, I really do. And 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 John basically talked about that. Um, the, the loss of him in the lineup is something that is a concern, and they did they have talked about it on how they would handle it. It's not quite the same without him there. The presence in the middle of his lineup. Now, what they're hoping is if you know, and they got below league average production at both third base and left field. They're hoping that Pablo Sandoval can come back and play to his abilities. That's number one. They have a protection there with Brock Holt, but they're hopeful, and he's in terrific shape. And they're hoping that a full season of Andrew Benatendi will be an upgrade over what they had in left field, which is not unrealistic to think about as well. So I think if they got production like that, league average or so, from those two positions, that could make up for a portion, maybe maybe more than that, of what Ortiz you know, is, uh, you know, with his absence. Still going to be interesting for me to see how that middle of the lineup is shaped you know, when you have, obviously, uh, Bogarts and Betts and, you know, Pedroia, let's say some, all of those guys near the top, Hanley somewhere in the middle. You know, who, who ends up sorting that, those parts out? Is, you know, Leon have the same type of season as he did, although he started to get exposed towards the end of last year. So they still have a lot of decisions to make in the middle of that lineup. Still a very good team, though. Yeah, certainly. And if you get the better pitching, maybe you don't need quite the uh, – because the offense a year ago was so good. Yeah. It could probably take a little step back if you get the better pitching and you're still going to be a team that should be a contender for not just the division, but people are, are thinking a World Series contender for sure in 2017. All right. Thank you so much, Jim Duquette, for stepping in for Ian Brown this week. That'll do it for MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. Tune in again next time.
MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free AtBat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.